0: praise, it's all praise. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, oh God, for waking us up this morning. We thank you for another opportunity where we can come into your presence corporately, individually, and glorify your name. Yes. We know that it is only by your strength. It is only you who can keep us. And so, Father, as we go into our studies, as we share your word, we ask that you, O God, put your word on my lips. Put your thoughts in my head. Let not one word proceed out of my lips unless it's spoken from your throne of grace. So, Lord, we ask, O God, that your will be done. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the souls that have been transformed through the outpouring of your Holy Spirit. We give you glory in Jesus' name, Amen. Jesus says, Early will I seek thee. You know, one of the things that has always, i grown up as a child. I remember my mom was one of the, was, I'll call her, a, she was a prayer warrior. And as children, um, devotion was non-negotiable, it was non-negotiable, so I still remember Um, at the end of the day, at sunset was devotion, and at 6 a.m. every morning was devotion. And I thought to myself, I remember many times me and my siblings were like, we hate this. I'm going to be real, we hate this, because it doesn't matter whether we were up all night, it doesn't matter if we had friends over, it really didn't matter for her. 6 a.m. was it. So if you want to stay up until 5.15, 6 a.m., you're going to be up. It's for devotion. It's for seeking God. And I never quite understood why this was so important. I never quite understood. I remember after we had, um, after we had grown up, when we finally got a chance to leave and, and go on our own, the devotions and the early morning went to the side. We were like, yes, we're free. We can do what we want to do. And we never, I mean, we'd like put it on the shelf. We didn't even take it up. However, when we began to be assailed by the enemy, (laughs) in different times, different area in our lives, we were quickly reminded, oh, we had a praying mom and we would call and says, you know, mom, so-and-so is going on. Can you pray? She says, I'm up. I'm always up. And those times has shaped my life. Didn't think it was fun at the time. As a matter of fact, as I said, we hated it. You know, why do we have to do this? Well, we just prayed already. Why are we waking up again to pray? It was no fun. However, God was teaching us a lesson, whether we wanted to learn it or not. Because the prayer and the early seeking of God was the key to our still being here today. To spending that early morning, I remember even my sister, and I share it later on as we go in, it says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. John 4, verse 23. You know, my sister, after we grew up like that, she decided that she wants nothing to do with the church, period. Nothing, nothing, nothing. As a matter of fact, in Jamaica, she was what you would call a dance queen, Nothing with the church. Um, And I see through the consistency of continual early morning prayer of my mom, who is now in her 90s. A month ago, she decided to come back and re-baptize and gave her life to God. And this was, we thought there was no way. There was no way. And so he, God allowed her to come back. You see, as we talk tonight about coming back to the altar, I want you to stop and think about what is the altar for you? What is it that, that, that draws, that, that brings you back to that place? What is your altar? God wants us, and he, he doesn't want us to just come half-heartedly. He wants us to come holy, like given all. And why is he asking us to give all this? Because he himself has speared nothing. He's given all. And he is asking us to come back. You see, Jesus on this, while well, he was on this earth, he demonstrated what I call prayer power. Prayer power So he patterned that, he practiced that, and he was able to share what made the difference. He was able to demonstrate to those around and to his disciples. And when you think about it, he had a band of disciples who were unqualified, (laughs) unlearned for the most part. And here he was, he had these 12 around him. So he demonstrated, uh, what we call prayer power, he laid a clear pattern to practice, so we too can receive that. He loved to pray. He understood that the importance of prayer was communion with his was communion with his heavenly Father. You see, he had a mission, and that was to provide salvation, and this required that Jesus live in an unbroken relationship with his Father, experiencing the power of salvation, which Jesus. Gave, and so when we are as children are experiencing this salvation, it requires nothing less. Just imagine—we were. I was just talking to, um, Lord, just before we came up. Just imagine, Christ was sinless; he was powerful, yet he prayed, morning, evening, in between and sometimes all night and sometimes all night just imagine he knew the battle that he was facing he knew that the battle that we were that we see is not the real battle i'm going to tell you when you look in the world today and you see suicide and you see all those things that is happening it's not and you say oh my gosh, what is happening? But I, I want to tell you that is not the real battle. That's a glimpse of the battle. The true battle is a spiritual battle. And the spiritual battle cannot be fought with physical strength. It must be fought with spiritual strength. And how do... And it's not... It's not It's not what we think is a moment of prayer. It's intentional, deliberate, disciplined, to seek God's face and to seek Him to be prepared. You see, the spiritual battle that must be won must be a battle that is a prepared, prepared for victory. Now we all know with soldiers, right? You never hear a soldier say, "You know what? We're going to go to war." They prepare themselves. They prepared before the war. They didn't pray when they hear there's a war. They're in continuous preparation. It is so we should be in continuous preparation. Jesus was an early seeker. He said, there is an altar for each and every one of us, right? He was an early seeker. Have you ever stopped to recognize that when you go to sleep at night, That you had no there's no guarantee that you're gonna wake up. There's no guarantee. How how do you then wake up and decide to just rush into this world? How can you can a soldier rush into a war without having practice? Can he rush into a war without having his equipment, without knowing where he's going? This was what Jesus demonstrated. He says, "Early will I seek you. Before everything, He He was He gave His Father constant communion. But He's asking us to make Jesus, make Him the first thing in our lives. The first thing, yes, the first thing. Before we reach for this phone, as a matter, before we reach for this phone, we need to allow the Word of God to saturate our minds." He needs to be our primary focus. You see, Jesus' love for his father taught him that he needed to hear everything. He wanted all. He had to get it fully, fully, fully from his father before he was able to face the world. Are we taking steps and going into the world unprepared? I always say when you wake up and you rush into the world, it's like getting up, getting out of the bathroom naked and running out there. I want you to picture that. You you wake up, you, you shower, and you just go, and there's no clothes. You are unclothed. You are a prime target. There's no way the enemy can miss you. And he's like a roaring lion. He's constantly seeking to devour. He is not going to give you an opportunity to prepare. He's not going to give you an opportunity. But God says... I am looking for worshipers who will worship me in spirit and in truth, who will seek me. He says, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. We can't seek God and find him when we are being distracted by 50 million things around us. That is why Jesus demonstrated that early in the morning, he spent time with his father. He spent time with his father, so much so that During the battle, when he went into the day, there was no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He was fully prepared. He was fully prepared. You see, Jesus was known to spend all night in prayer. You see, the majesty of Ephraim, if he did that, what is it, what are we required to do? I remember, um, I remember a few years ago, I'm, I'm talking about maybe five years ago, when I was coming to church. I was going through the motion. But I didn't have a relationship with God. Didn't have a relationship with him. It was good You go to church on Sabbath. You look good and you, 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 you go home. Didn't have a relationship with him. Then I recognized that I was constantly fighting battles and being defeated. Constantly fighting battles and being defeated. Constantly in the state of it's like it's, it's, you, you had, there was no let up. Then I recognized that I needed to start spending time with God. But if you think that the enemy is going to say, okay, it's time, for, you wanna spend time with God, he's just gonna make you get up quickly and foot. No, the battle was real. The battle was real. I remember when I said, you know what? I need to spend my time with God. I would get up. I remember, I clearly remember taking the, um, the mat from my bedside. My, my floor was tiled and I took it away so that I would get up and hit the cold concrete. Because it was such that I had to force myself to stay awake. I had to force myself to get up because it always wants to go back in the bed. This battle that we're facing is not a battle that you can hope that if you feel like you get up. It's not a battle where you're going to hope and you says maybe if I feel like in the morning. I'll get up. Or if I feel like you have to, just like how when you know you have to go to work and you plan your lunch and you plan your clothes and you plan what, it has to be like that. You have to be so disciplined in your journey to see God's face that it has to become, prayer must become a priority. Prior must becomes a priority because that is our only source of strength. This is our only support. Jesus demonstrated that while he was here. It says there's an altar of truth in the life of Jesus that no Christian should miss. It says during the past few days, we have reflected much on altars in scriptures and on the lives of those who built them. The altar is a metaphor for a place and a time of worship to the true and living God. One need not possess a physical altar in order to worship God. In fact, if a follower of Jesus lives in consistent, earnest, Bible-bathed communion with God, he or she has already erected an altar as real as the one that Elijah built on Mount Carmel. You see, your altar is with you wherever you go because that communion, that relationship that you have with God, is what demonstrates that altar. It says, We see such an altar in the life of Jesus amidst a busy life of daily ministry. He never stopped that communion with him and that was a source of strength. You see, he understood that the stakes were not spiritual, was not physical as I said, it was a spiritual one. And sometimes we become complacent. You know, when you think, yeah, okay, things are going good in my life or everything looks good, we become complacent and we start sort of believing that it's okay but what you don't know is that you may think it's going good but the enemy has not stopped fighting. And that's why God, Jesus, when he was on earth, he never stopped communicating with his father. We sometimes become complacent, but Jesus was always prepared because he gained power through prayer. He won every battle waged against him, not because in that moment, but because he was prepared. And the only way to be prepared is to be deliberate, intentional, spending time with him. You see, intention is always followed by disruption. Intention is always followed by disruption. When you decide to seek God and seek him early, you are going to be disrupted. Be prepared for that. You're going to be disrupted by the cause. You're going to be disrupted by something that sounds like it's an urgency and needs to get done now but it's only as you keep your eyes fixed on Christ that you are able to overcome. You see, he had one mission and nothing distracted him. He was in constant communion with his father. He found comfort and joy in communion with his father. You see, we are all warriors in this battle. When you choose to choose Christ, you have chosen to be a warrior. And a warrior cannot fight unless they're prepared. It may feel it like it's physical, it may look like it's physical, but it's not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. And the real war is always spiritual. The war is a war beyond all other wars, because this one is a war between Christ and his enemy. And we are just the target. The great news is we have this victory in Jesus. You see, the prayer of faith that God is calling us and worship with him, it should be a prayer after the pattern that God has given us. It should pattern it, and I don't mean word for word, but the pattern of his life where he woke early, he spent that time with his father, he prepared. So when he was faced with challenges, he was always ready. You see, the discipline of living in constant atmosphere of prayer is what we get and we call that praise and power. You see, when I read, if we turn to Luke 22, verse 31. In Luke 22, verse 31, this week as I was reading this, it just dawned on me. If this was Peter, Peter talks, um, just let me get it here. Luke 22, I'm going to go to 31 and 32. Okay. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as weath. And verse 32 says, but I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. If you look at this, you'll notice that there was Peter. He was with God. He was with Jesus this whole time. He slept with him. He walked with him. He talked with him. He was there the whole time. However... Jesus saw that this battle was not truly a physical battle. He saw what was going to happen to Peter. And he said, Simon, Simon. He didn't just call him once. He wanted him to stop and pay attention. He said, Simon, Simon. The enemy wants to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. And I've prayed that your faith fail not. And so when you are converted, you can strengthen your brethren. You see, the problem is sometimes even as we are looking at early seeking God, we may say we started off strong and for whatever reason we have drifted off and we may think we have failed. You see, fail is different from falling. To fall is not to fail. You may fall a little bit where you may not be on track, but you are not failing. And the reason why you can confidently with power, knowing that you're not failing, is because Jesus has prayed for you. He has prayed for you. When you think of Peter, where he was coming from and what Peter was able to do, you saw that it's not because of his strength, it's not because of anything good he has done, it's because it's... Father, Jesus, had prayed for him. We have that same prayer power, spirit of prayer that God has given us. That when we, pray for, when we pray for each other, and when we spend time with prayer, so we can hear the voice of God. You see, Jesus was, when he was on earth, the only way he knew that Satan was after him is because he had spent time early in the morning with his father that he could warn Peter, and he could have said to Peter, I've prayed for you. You see, prayer is the key. It's the key in our homes. It's the key in our lives. We tend to drift away from it because we're thinking things are, you know, we can just say a five-minute prayer. But here, Jesus showed Peter that when he's converted, it has to be disciplined, it has to be dedicated, and it has to be totally reliant on our father. We have to spend time, make the time, choose the time, and hold it diligently. Hold it diligently. As children, when we were growing up, it doesn't matter how we try to get out of it, it, it didn't work. Nothing should come in between that time you spend with God. And I'm going to be real. Our phones and our lives have separated us from that relationship with God. We spend so much time early in the morning, or sometimes you'll pick up the Bible, and we say, OK, we're going to read the Bible on the phone. I'm not saying media is not, doesn't have its place. But early in the morning, pick up your Bible. The reason I'm telling you that is because in the mornings when you pick up that phone to read the Bible, several things flash across the screen. You're going to be honest. Several things, and you, 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 you glimpse it there, and you move to this there. And by that time, your whole attention is pulled away. Put away the phone. Take up the good old-fashioned Bible. Or just get on your knees and early seek God. And prayer is a conversation. It's a conversation. It's not just you reeling things off. He says, be still and know that I am God. Early in that morning is when you pray and you stay. You pray and you stay in the presence and you listen. He wants worshipers who are willing to worship him in spirit and in truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way we're going to know what he's speaking specifically for our lives if we don't intentionally sit there. We have to pray and stay in his presence. And it's only as we stay and we sit there that we can hear the voice of God, that we can hear the directions he has for our life. It's only as we spend time. It's only in the er, as we early seek him. If your prayer life is one that is not, if you're not wrought in prayer or early seeking God, I'm going to challenge you. You want to see a transformation in your life? You want to see God show up mightily in your life? I'm going to challenge you to push past that feelings, get up, early seek God in the morning, make prayer a priority, make God the center of your life, put away that phone, yes, you can go to bed without it, it doesn't have to be in the same room, so you can spend time listening to the voice of God. You see, in Mark 1, verse 35, it tells you Jesus rose a long while before daylight, and he found a quiet and a solitary place to talk and to listen to his father. The previous day had been spent in full-on ministry. He had spent all his time in ministry, but he chose a time. He had to sit. He had to listen. Are we listening to hear God's voice? And are we able to recognize the voice of God different from the different voices that are in our head? You see, the only way you can truly know the voice of God is if you spend time continuously hearing the voice of God. He says, my sheep, they know me. How do they know him? They know him by they know his voice. When you, learn, when, you, when you early see God in the morning, when you seek him in spirit and in truth, you realize that you can clearly start to identify the voice of God. I'll share this week. I remember I woke up and I was praying and I said, Lord, give me divine appointments today. And... I remember I had a a client that I needed to see. And it was like five minutes before the time. And as I was driving past Walgreens, the spirit is is like something said turned into Walgreens. And I'm thinking to myself, where am I going? What, What am I going to do in my mind? But I did anyway. I went in there. I needed to get just one thing. And as I went in the store, I As I stood at the cashier, I saw the cashier lady was kind of looking sad. And I asked her what was happening. And she says, you know, I'm tired. She says, I'm tired. And I said, what do you mean? And as we went on talking, she shared the story with me. She had lost her son in a motor vehicle accident like a year ago. Six months later, her daughter bought a bike and she and is uh, and now is a vegetable in a, in, a, in, a, in a nursing home. Then her husband decided to walk out on her. In that moment, I knew right there and then why God had sent me in there. Because in that moment, right in the middle of Walgreens, there was no one at the time at the cashier, and I said, Do you want me to pray for you? And she said, Yes. And we stood there and prayed and as, as I was praying for her and the line started to build up she held onto my hand she said god sent you thank you Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. you see i didn't know why i was going there and i'm not saying we we can we you know it happens easy you it's a process of just learning to listen you cannot you cannot just spend the whole you, there was a time when I used to, you know, come and give God my list of things. <laughs> Amen. We can get up. But then he started teaching me, just pray and stay. Pray and stay. And listen. And you may not hear anything the first time or the second time or the third time. But after a while, you start hearing the voice of God. You start recognizing different than the other voices that maybe you've come to hear. And when, you've come, when you come to that place, then you start recognizing you don't want to not stop hearing that voice anymore. But it's, it's not going to come among the hustle and the bustle of everything if you're not intentionally making the time to early seek God's voice, so you can start learning what his voice sounds like in the early hours of the morning when nobody is distracting you, when there's nothing. He is calling for early seekers wanted. Says the here it says early seekers wanted. Those who are willing to worship him and worship him in spirit and in truth. There's no way you can worship our Father without having the truth. The truth and the truth alone is going to determine the, re- the relationship that you have with God. And there's no way. You see, growing up, we, you hear our parents talk about God and you hear, but you don't hear until you hear the word of God for yourself to develop that faith. If you are in a situation where you feel like you're not hearing the voice of God, if, you are in, if you're feeling that you don't know where God wants you to go, or you're like, what shall I do? It's in the Word. But the Word becomes life when we spend time with it. The Word starts becoming life when, it's, when we spend time, when we, when we early seek Him and seek Him in truth, and seek Him with intention to know the truth, And not to get an answer to fit into the question we want. Not asking him, give me to to find the answer to go in what you want. But seeking to say, well, whatever your will is God. Friends, we have failed to seek God. And that's why we don't hear his voice. That's why we don't know his voice. I remember the times when I used to just cry all the time. I, I, just like, why you left me? I'm not hearing your voice. You know, I remember, and I, as I end with this, I'll share one, test, one, one quick testimony with you. I remember about six years ago, I was going through a rough time in my life. Very, very, very rough time. It seemed like work was rough. I was not winning on the Home front, I was not winning. On the work front, <laughs> I was not winning. With my children, it seemed like it was just defeat all around. And I remember one morning, I woke up and continued my crying. I was like, I can't understand why is this happening. And as I sat there, like it was and I, it was like four in the morning. I just sat in the bed and I was just talking. And I was talking to God, and I said, "What is you know?" I felt like God wasn't speaking to me. And I remember the voice was so clear. It said to me, Barbara, whether you feel like I'm here or you don't feel like I'm here, I'm always here. It was so clear that I thought, I thought, wait, who said that? There was no one. And then I started to recognize this was the voice of God. Then I got angry. I'm like, so you're here and I'm going through all of this. But I'm telling you whether or not if you're going through a rough time in your life and you feel that you're not hearing the voice of God or you feel God is not there, I can tell you He's always there. He's always there. I challenge you tonight to take a moment and say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your voice because I know that you're here. It's not that he's not there. It's that the things that we hold so there is put in a big divide between us and God. Are we willing today to give him all? Are we willing to say, you know, Father, I can't take this out of my life. I can't take this out of my life, but I'm releasing it into your hands. So I'm releasing it. I'm yielding this to you. If you are watching, and you are feeling that God is not here or you're not here, and I, I, t- I encourage you, take the next step and text the word ALTER to 954-388-8780. God wants to do mighty things in your life. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. He wants to transform you like life you've never seen before. But you must give Him a chance. And you must be willing to hear and to recognize that He knows best. He's right there. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You may feel alone at this moment, but God is here. And He wants to wrap His arm around you and comfort you. All you have to say is, Lord, yes. If you're ready to take that step, if you're ready to say, Lord, I don't know, but I trust you, he will give you that peace and that comfort that you need. We're going. Remember, as you go through this week, choose to seek God early and to pray and to stay so you can hear His voice. To God be the glory.
1: Return to the altar and the story of growing up with your mom, making you guys get up early in the morning. You know, I I think about waking up as a kid and hearing my mom pray in the morning and you know, wondering, you know, when does she ever sleep? (laughs) Because I would always hear her in there, and you know, unfortunately, many times she was praying about me, but you know, it worked because I'm here now. Amen. You know, there was, a, there was a slogan for a political campaigning a, a few years back that it said make America great again but I've got another one. Let's make prayer great in our lives again. Amen. Let's make it that that is the number one thing in our mind and in our heart. That ability to be connected to our Heavenly Father from the time we open our eyes to the moment we drift off to sleep to be in communication. And if that's what we choose to do in this church, If we make prayer great in this building, then we're going to see God do some big things in 2023. Amen. You know, Sister Angela's here, and she's uh, one of the leaders in the prayer ministry. And, you know, we've been talking about what we can do to get prayer going. And, you know, she's got this desire to have this prayer wall, this ability for anyone in this church, whether you're here in the building on a Sabbath or whether you're online, to be able to lift up prayers and have everyone rally around. I want you guys to know that it's coming that in February anyone in this building, anyone online, whether you attend this church or not, you're going to be able to go to our website and lift up a prayer, and this entire church community is going to know, and we're going to start praying together, and prayer will be great, and God will do great things in this church and in our lives. Amen. Now we're just going to have a closing prayer here, and an intercessory prayer, and Lord, is just call on the name of our Lord. And sometimes, you know what we need? You know, the Bible tells us that the Spirit intervenes because we don't even know how to pray. So I want to, I want the Holy Spirit to pour down on me and fill me so that when I'm on my knees seeking Him early in the morning, the desires of my heart can be changed to line up with His desires so that when I do pray, I'm praying for the right things. Amen. The Lord's.
2: Let us pray. Heavenly Father nothing but mere mortals this is why we seek you we seek your greatness father we seek your love your mercy and your grace and this this evening my brothers and sisters dear god it's no different we continue to seek you because we understand that we have to go back to basics which is simply to to go back to be in relationship with you. Thank you for Jesus Christ who reconciles us to you. I want to be reconciled to you. My brothers and sisters want to be reconciled to you. And we do this dear Heavenly Father through the blood of Jesus and prayer. And so we pray, dear God, and we pray and we pray and we call on you and we plead, dear God, and we beg because we understand that it is in your presence, dear Lord, that we have life, salvation, success, happiness, dear Heavenly Father, and the answers to absolutely everything. I pray that. Everyone that's heard this message tonight can turn into an early riser and seek your face early in the morning like flowers seek the sun, that they may receive the light and be blessed because you are light, dear Heavenly Father, that darkness will flee from our lives, dear Heavenly Father, because we seek you and you alone. So this evening, dear Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, dear God, for each and every one of us. I pray, dear Heavenly Father, for myself, for our children, for our grandchildren, dear God, for the world to understand that we must go back to the altar, that we must go back to basics, that we must fall on our face and seek the the presence of the almighty God. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being available, dear God. Thank you for being a prayer away. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We have nothing without you. And so, dear Lord, we will pray on because we know that you listen, that you hear and that you're there dear Heavenly Father, we leave everything at your feet, everything at at your feet. Please take care of our business. We pray all these things because we know who Jesus is. We know what Jesus did, and we pray in his mighty name. Amen.
0: This podcast was brought to you by Plantation's 7-Day Adventist Church, a Christ-centered congregation dedicated to spreading the good news of God's love through sermons, deeper dive conversations, and much more. If you would like to listen to more life lessons and inspirational content, please visit us at plantationsda.tv.